Welcome to Keywords Everywhere's SEO podcast. And on this episode, we have Cyrus Shepard. Cyrus is an SEO, online marketer, content publisher, speaker, and writer. He has led SEO at Moz and worked with dozens of both startups and Fortune 500 companies to craft online growth and optimization strategies. Welcome to Keywords Everywhere's SEO podcast with your host, Vanessa. Tune in to hear the latest SEO tactics from the world's top SEO experts. On this episode, Cyrus will give us a breakdown of his best practices for technical SEO. He's also going to be talking about some of his most notable articles on Moz.com. He's also going to share some of his SEO success factors and also talk about the importance of site architecture to score yourself some big wins on SEO. Hi, Cyrus. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm awesome. Super happy to have you on the show. Uh, thank you. It's I, I'm talking from uh, Seattle, Washington, and it is a typical June cloudy day. June cloudy day. Oh gosh. Yeah, it's called it's it's called the June gloom in Seattle. It's supposed to be summer, uh-huh. but it it teases us for another month, and summer doesn't really start until July. Okay, so a little teaser until you get the real deal. Yep, exactly. That's fine. It makes it makes summer way more exciting then. Mm-hmm. All good. Um, yeah. So uh, to our audience out there, a little introduction about who Cyrus Shepard is. He is an SEO, online marketer, content publisher, speaker, and writer. So he's led SEO at Moz and worked with dozens of both startups and Fortune 500 companies to craft online growth and optimization strategies to increase qualified audience share across inbound channels. And also, I personally have have been following him on Moz to try and get my hands on the best advice for SEO. So I'm super stoked to have him on the show today. And yeah. Would love to know more about your story. Do you mind actually telling us about your background in SEO and how you got into it? Yeah, yeah. If you don't mind listening to a long, rambling story, uh, I, I love telling this. Uh, so I actually went to film school. Uh, I wanted to be a director. Uh, I tried being a, a screenwriter for many, many years. Uh, but the problem was I was really bad at it. Uh, I, I was banging my head against the wall forever trying to get, you know, trying to get an agent, trying to get a screenplay made. And eventually I just stopped. I just like, I couldn't take it anymore. And I started building websites, uh, which I kind of enjoyed. Um, and then after I learned how to build websites, I I wanted to sort of market myself. I wanted to become an online marketer, but I had no idea how to do that. So I started doing Google searches like like anybody would. You know, I was looking into AdWords and, you know, different forms of marketing. And I discovered SEO and it was like a light bulb going off. Wow. Um, yeah, because, you know, I, I had a bunch of crappy sales jobs when I was younger. And it was always about like pushing yourself onto onto the customer. Uh, my first my first job in high school was selling coupon books and I had to call up little old ladies and convince them that they wanted this coupon book that was absolutely horrible. Um, and I, I thought that I thought that's what marketing and sales was. When I found SEO, SEO was all about giving people what they wanted at the exact moment they were looking for that for it. I mean people were coming to you and as long as you had the right stuff, the right content, you could give them what they wanted. And it was like, it was like angels were singing at that point. More of a pull rather than a push effect. So that's what. 
Exactly. I, I am I am actually kind of a little bit of an introvert and I hate putting myself out there. So the poll effect was awesome. So I had to just publish content. People could come to my site and it would give them what they want and I didn't have to interact with anybody. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty awesome. Nice. So then yeah. I saw that you actually, um, so you first got your feet wet with your websites, but then you helped a wine business grow from 500K in sales to 2.5 million in a single year with yeah, what, SEO. Yeah. How? Yeah, once I got in, once I got into SEO, you know, after after trying to be a screenwriter for ten years, uh, once I started doing SEO, I was actually really good at it, and I actually had started to have a lot of success. And uh, I got very very lucky. I, I got my first client, which was actually my wife's company. Uh, just a few months after I started learning SEO, I I saw that their site was not optimized at all. Mm-hmm. I had a meeting with uh, one of the owners. And I showed him a list of 10 things that they could do to improve their site uh, just because I wanted to help out the business. And he asked me, how much uh, is it going to cost me to hire you? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I've only been doing this for a couple months. You don't want to. I, I hardly know anything about this. And he's like, well, you know more than I do. That's obvious. So I'm going to pay you. Uh, so that was my first client. They gave me total control of the website. And it just took off after that. Um, so that yeah, that was my first experience, and, and and it was wonderful. Nice. And actually, do you actually do you remember the the ten fixes, little fixes that you suggested, or suggested, or even like well, a few of them, not all ten. Well, this was two thousand nine, mm-hmm. uh, when a lot of people hadn't even people were still learning about SEO at that point. Yeah. So this was the easiest site in the world to do SEO for. It was a e commerce site. They sold five hundred products. Uh, you know, 500 product pages on their website and everything was no indexed. So Mm -hmm. only their homepage was showing up in Google search results. They had blocked every other page from robots. Um, Their homepage was built uh, with JavaScript and an image. So there was actually no text on the homepage. There were no links. There was nothing. Uh, So the technical SEO fixes for that were pretty obvious. We had to add text to the homepage. We had to turn the JavaScript links into HTML links. We had to get Google indexing the entire site um, and help those, you know, hundreds of products show up. And as soon as we did that, uh, the floodgates were just opened. So um, I'm still, they still rank very well for a lot of their terms. So I'm I'm still proud of that. Wow. Evergreen solutions then that... You brought to them. Yeah. Yeah. And so around that time, uh, I, I stayed at that company. They were my own, my major client for about a year or two. Uh, I was very lucky that the, uh, the company Moz, uh, back, back in those days, it was called SEO Moz was in Seattle. Uh, and I didn't realize it at the time I was reading the SEO Moz blog every day. Mm -hmm. And this was, you know, the biggest SEO company out there at the time. And I'm reading the blog every day, and I realize after a few months, wait a minute, these guys are in Seattle. These guys are just a few miles away from me. Um, so first time I went, they had a meetup uh, at a local bar, and I told I told my wife I'm going to go to this meetup. I, I put on some nice clothes, and I was so nervous, so nervous going to this meetup. I walked into the bar. There were people drinking and talking with each other, uh, talking SEO, I guess. I don't know, because I was so nervous, I went straight to the bathroom, hung out there for about five minutes, and then turned around and walked out of the bar, and I never talked to a single person. No. <laughs> yes. What? So that was my first That was my first experience with SEO mods. I told you I'm a little bit of an introvert. Oh, God. Uh, 
So I wasn't making a whole, I, I'd been doing, doing SEO consulting for like a year, year and a half at this point, And I wasn't making a whole lot of money because uh, I wasn't good at the business part of it yet. And Moz was hiring for uh, customer success people, people that were, worked basically customer service position. Um, and they had insurance and stock options. And I got to work at Moz. I thought this was the greatest thing ever. Uh, so I applied, they hired me. And then they found out that I actually did SEO and their SEO, the SEO for Moz, Danny Dover, who I worshipped at the time, he left the company. So they promoted me into his position. So three months after I was hired, I I became the SEO for SEO Moz, uh, the most visible company in the Mm -hmm. SEO world. And I was like, how did it, how did this happen? So I really, I, it was really a fortune event. And, uh, I, I just took the bull by the horns and, I did the best job I could, and it, it turned out it worked out okay. How did you prep yourself for it, actually? Because you've been doing SEO for a year, and then you well, got your first SEO client, and then within a couple of months, you were able to, to skyrocket into the position of uh, someone that you looked up to. Like, this is amazing. What was your secret? Yeah, I totally, had, I totally had imposter syndrome. Um oh when I was doing that. I was so scared that people were going to find out that I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, But I kind of did know what I was doing. So a a pivotal moment for me was we had, we had some of the growth team from Facebook come in. Um, This was the team responsible for growing Facebook's user base Mm -hmm. uh, through SEO and other, and other means, a great group of people. And sometimes we do this at uh, Moz where, you know, different, Different teams like Amazon or Facebook or whatever would just come down. We, it's, we, we're not charging them, but we just have a sit down and we talk about their, their SEO issues. Mm-hmm. So I'm in, the, I'm in the room with Facebook and we're discussing their SEO strategy. And I'm like, how did I get in the room with Facebook talking about their SEO strategy? But they were putting pages up and discussing issues. I'm like, well, this is, I can obviously see the problem here. You know, this page isn't ranking because of this. And at that moment, you know, I kind of realized – it doesn't matter if you're how big the site is, how visible it is. All SE, the SEO rules basically apply the same to everybody, mm-hmm. and you have to do SEO one page at a time, or you know you can scale it. But you know the the solutions come one page at a time, and it doesn't matter if you're Facebook or a wine accessory company or my own site. The principles are the same, and you can do it for any site. So that was a bit that was a big moment for me. Wow, it kind of solidified and legitimized all the uh, your training. <laughs> Yeah, and by the it's way, I have never experimenting that you were doing with SEO. I was like, oh, I have never told that story before. This is the first time I've ever oh. told anybody. Keywords everywhere, podcast exclusive, guys. Yes, yes. Nice, nice, super cool. Yeah. So after, um, yeah, I guess that must must have been the height of your career when you were helping Facebook with their SEO. What else? Well, you- that was that was nice. That At was that just point. that was just that an point, afternoon. So. But I, I was more proud. Uh, I started writing for the Moz blog, and uh, I had some success with that. And that was a lot of fun. And that that writing for the Moz blog came to define the rest of my career, mm-hmm. which is helping educate people about SEO um, and doing it in a way that is engaging and and helpful. Yeah. What I, I find what I find funny about you no, know, there's so many SEO blogs out there, and 
there's there's a lot of good knowledge in the SEO world, but the blogs are kind of universally terrible. Um, <laughs> they're kind of ugly. They don't communicate well. And I get it. Uh, people are busy. It's not your primary function. They're not publishers. But I, I think if you're selling SEO or content marketing as a service, you really need to represent yourself well. And it's just kind of funny how few people in our industry do that. No, and you're actually one of the people that, yeah, continuously were producing very top quality content. You talk, I mean, you thought a lot about how the information would be received. Like when you're breaking yeah. down really complex technical SEO concepts, uh, you managed to kind of map it in a way that's understandable for a lot of lot of people. So you made SEO actually quite accessible. So if y'all don't know, yeah, I'm talking about his map all his mods articles that you should definitely check check out and also now in um with zippy you are po- are you posting um is it your your con your own personal content as in you're writing the content for zippy as well yes yes so we are uh by the time this airs uh mm-hmm. we are just starting to publish content on zippy we have a whole content strategy laid out um and it's going to be my new home for blog content. For years, that was Moz. And I still love the people at Moz, and I still might write there occasionally. But uh, Zippy is going to be my, my new home, and I'm pretty excited about that. Nice. And for those of you who don't know, Zippy is a digital media, a media company uh, that Cyrus actually started. So do you mind talking to us more about it? Yeah. So, uh, I, so I left Moz uh, a couple years ago, uh, and which funny a lot of people don't know a lot of people think i'm still at moz um twice in the past year i have gone to conferences uh in different parts of the world i won't i won't say where and they have introduced me on stage as being a director at moz and i'm like (laughs) that was two years ago but that's fine it's there are there are worse associations in the world um so that that's okay but so I left I left Moz a couple of years ago and I started doing affiliate marketing, um, building out some sites, uh, building content, building links, you know, all the SEO stuff that, you know, I've been I've been preaching about mm-hmm. and I've been doing that. But I got to be honest, I don't enjoy it as much. Uh, the, the thing I like, it's great when you're when you have a product and you're trying to sell it and you're writing about it. But Creating content about something you're passionate for is worth a thousand times more. Um, and I am so passionate about SEO, I have really missed writing about SEO. Uh, so that's one of the reasons we decided to launch Zippy, uh, to give me a home to write and and do that. But then we have the problem of monetization, which because, you know, when I'm doing affiliate stuff, I can easily monetize it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Zippy, I don't, I don't do a lot of consulting these days. Uh, I do a little bit. Uh, externally, but and why is that uh, we good? are. Lo- is it a bit more yeah. tiring to do consulting, or it, the problem is it doesn't it doesn't scale very well. I see. Uh, and, and I consulting is great if you can build it into a business, uh, build out your teams and all mm-hmm. that. I'm just not sure I'm interested in okay. in running a business like that. Uh, at Moz, I worked in software, and that, I think that's where my heart is. So we we do have plans to launch some software at Zippy. Uh, I can't speak. I can't speak a lot about that. Uh, I will let you know, though. It has nothing to do with keywords, so <laughs> there's no uh, uh, we will not will not be a oh. It's everywhere. So yeah, I, I obviously I I work with 
I let me put this in another way. So yeah, I I know hundreds of consultants online. Some of them are very good friends of mine. Uh, many of them run consultancies. Uh, you know, Will Reynolds and uh, and 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 uh, Ross Hudgens. They they run amazing agencies. Uh, but it's a lot of work, and uh, it's it's very much a people business. It's about training training people. Um, the margins are a little lower. What I like about software is that when you have a good software solution, you can help thousands of people at a time, um, 24 hours a day, and do it algorithmically. Mm-hmm. And you can the limit the limit is the moon. You can do as much as you want. So I I think I'm much more interested in algorithmic solutions than hand to hand compat, which is the consulting business. But I love my consultant friends. I it's just not. Uh, just not a job that I would want. Different strokes for different folks, so it's totally yep. it's it's good that you actually found uh, the area of SEO that you would you find your contribute. Yeah, you found a way to contribute to, so that's great. Yeah. And what kind of um, software were you actually working on at Moz? Uh, the software we worked on at Moz. So if you're familiar with Moz, Moz does has is kind of an all-in-one solution. It has keyword research and and uh, link research, and it has a crawler and uh, fresh web explorer um follower wonk which is actually being which was actually sold that was the twitter product so moz has a great uh structure where there are subject matter experts and those are people like people your audience is probably familiar with uh, dr pete Brittany mueller russ jones um Rand fishkin and occasionally me mm-hmm. Uh, not anymore, but back in the day. And so the subject matter experts would have a different role in the company, but they would all advise on the product. And, and having those subject matter experts that were uh, actually doing SEO, talking to people, going to conferences and come back and informing the tools uh, was a very important part. And so uh, I don't know how good I was at that part of the job, but it was, it was a fun part of the job. I see. And you want to bring this forward to Zippy as well? Absolutely. Uh, there were there were some things I wanted to do at Moz that I couldn't because of you know limited resources or it just wasn't a product that we were making. Um, so now I get to make my dream uh, software that the the software I've wanted to make for five six years, and I'm really excited to bring it to life. Wow! Oh, you can't even give us a little hint of what it would be about. Uh, yeah, I, I I can give you a tiny the tiniest of hints, the, the tiniest of hints. Uh, so when people sign up for uh, SEO software, mm-hmm. um, there are a wide range of skill levels from expert to complete novice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I, you and I are both, you know, active on Twitter and all this other stuff. So we, we see the people who are experts all the time, right? Yeah. Uh, and you, if you go to conferences, you see the experts. In truth... Most of the SEO world, most of the people doing online marketing aren't experts at all. They're just, they're busy people running a business. Mm-hmm. They don't understand keyword research at all. They don't understand link building or they have a vague notion of what it is. And they honestly, they don't care. They don't care about the intricacies. All they want is for their business to work better. They want more traffic. You know, they want better leads. That's all they want. And mm-hmm. so I think there's a huge part of the market there that, uh, 
we're not addressing and most SEO tools aren't addressing uh, people who just want results. Um, so that's what that's what we're trying to do with Zippy is deliver better results uh, for people who are willing to pay the money for software. Wow. Making it more accessible as well. For different yeah, levels, absolutely. I think that's very, very interesting because right now I think SEO can be quite an intimidating subject to some. Yeah, So absolutely. they just need to uh, kind of add it onto like their digital marketing strategy or their plan. So it should be yep. something that can be like a lot of uh, yeah startups, even small companies whatsoever. Like they don't have the resources to have such a yeah big marketing department with a designated SEO person. So yeah, there is such a there is such. You know, I've been doing SEO for almost almost ten years now, and there is such a gap today between the experts, uh, uh, guys like Paul Shapiro, John O. Alderson, Brittany Mueller, um, you know, Aleda Solis, the, the the experts that we see online speaking at conferences. Those people are so good at what they do. The gap between them and the novice has never been wider, and we assume that everybody everybody is an expert and everybody knows what they're doing. And in truth, most people are just struggling and people have imposter syndrome like I had when I first started at Moz. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. But that's that's the, the, the experts are just the tip of the iceberg. Everybody else, the 80% of people are just trying to figure things out uh, all the time. And that's that's I think that's the people we need to talk to more and bring into the fold and try to level up their skills. I see. And actually, do you have any tips on how people can kind of combat that imposter syndrome when they're getting into SEO? If they started oh, it the way that you did, like, you know, where you had like a totally different background and you jumped yeah. straight into it. So the only at, at the end of the day, uh, you're never going to be an expert in everything. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, which is fine. But you can learn it if you want. Um, all the all the resources out there are free to learn, whether it's, you know, uh, JavaScript or even, you know, machine learning, which could take you years to learn. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is success. Uh, are you bringing more traffic and the, and the right traffic uh, to your website? Are you increasing your online visibility? Mm -hmm. And generally, even the novice can do very simple things to do that, whether it's, you know, uh, the very first things you learn, you know, such as your title tags or your meta description or things that you do not have to be technical to do. You can improve those things. I've been doing SEO for, you know, nine, 10 years. I'm still working on title tags and meta descriptions, and I will probably be doing that the rest of my life at trying to get better at it. So there's always a way to start. And as long as you have success, you can walk in a room with anybody and say, this is where I am. I'm raising my traffic and you got nothing on me. <laughs> nice. Super awesome. Okay. So now we're actually going to go on to uh, the second part of the interview, which is our SEO drill down. So, SEO drill down. Yes. We need a cool sound effect here. I'm going to try and make down. like some, you know, this is my makeshift drum roll. It did not land, but I tried. I tried. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, we would like to talk about one of your favorite subjects in SEO, and what would that be? Oh man! So what? I'll I'll be honest with you. The thing I'm having a lot of success with lately, mm -hmm. uh, with the occasional consulting that I do, is almost always around site architecture. Okay. Um, which is an obscure topic because you know people don't talk about it all the time. But I, when you when you start an SEO project uh, and talking to you know people in agencies and whatever, they're generally, 
uh, a few things you can do with any project that's going to move the needle, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not always link building because link building is hard. And it's not always uh, fixing... Yeah, it's not always fixing JavaScript errors or in- increasing your speed. Uh, it's usually really simple things that you can do within a week to improve traffic to any website. And the, those three things, two of them we already mentioned, which are title tags and meta description, um, because you can almost always improve those instantly if you have enough data. But the third thing is internal links. External links are really hard to control, but your internal links are easy to control. And a large site or a medium site that's been operating you know, for years and hasn't really thought about it, they almost always have opportunities to improve their internal linking, their navigation, and uh, their what we call site architecture. Mm-hmm. And you can almost immediately see good results with a smart strategy. Nice. Do you have any examples of that, actually, of like recently kind of changing up a site's ar- yeah, the site's architecture, doing site architecture? Oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. But like... No, yeah. it's... Do you have an example that you could share? I'm trying to think of a client I just worked with that we we increased their traffic over 100%, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. Usually you don't get that good. Uh, I I can't, I'm under, I'm under a non-disclosure agreement, so I can't Uh, tell you the industry, but I can kind of give a sense of what, what we did. Uh, They, they were e-commerce and they have millions of products, literally millions of products. Um, And, the way they were, their crawl path to these products, they, they probably had about 100 links on their homepage mm-hmm. um, that linked to different categories. And those categories linked to products. And those products linked to other categories. Um, and so the only way that for Google to find all the categories was to go to the homepage and go to a category, then go to a product, and then go to another category, and then hopefully find another product. So sometimes you had categories that Google had to jump seven, eight, nine, ten links wow. to find those categories. Uh, and this is terribly inefficient. <laughs> so the way that we fixed this uh, was we created, we redid the category pages, and we listed many, many more on the homepage. We listed like the top 500 categories. <laughs> and each category page linked to hundreds of other category pages. So as soon as Google found those category pages, they had a crawling path to find all the other category pages. They did not have to go through the products to find them. So by doing that, we were able to hugely increase crawling. And and the signals that we were giving Google uh, by doing this was these category pages are important because this is where we're putting our page rank. And I still use the word page rank. A lot of SEOs don't. They think it's a dirty word. Go for it. Uh, page <laughs> Whatever. We put all our page rank link juice into these category pages, and uh, the, the site traffic is up over 100%. It's uh, millions of visits a year, so we're really happy with that. And and that those were changes that literally took the developer two or three hours. Oh, so wow. uh, generally, yeah, site architecture is one of my first things that I always look at because you can get big wins from it. Mm-hmm. I see. So the process involved with it was just kind of assessing, following the kind of cookie crumb trail? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just following, fo- yeah. And fo- I, so we're looking at, we'll go into, uh, you can use Google Search Console, you can use your server logs, which I'm not very good at server logs because I'm not an extremely technical SEO, despite what people think. Uh, Google Analytics, you can see what your landing pages are and what your what your site actually is and when there's a discrepancy like 
we have millions of products, but Google is only landing on these 110 products. Why is that? Why is Google only serving these 50 category pages in search results? Why aren't they serving these? So when you see, when you start to question, why isn't Google doing this? What can we do to make Google recognize these pages more? That's when you start to come up with solutions. I see. Actually, I also wanted to talk about, since you're talking about Google Search Console, you had an article about the single best SEO tip for improved website traffic. And you yeah. talked about how you could use Google Search Console. And this article was like two years ago. So do you have any updates from it, tips? No updates. I think I think it's worth. I think that article is still just as valid today, and I don't think as many people do it. Uh, and it, do you mind if I re- briefly go over what the process oh, is? Oh, not at all. Please, please. Yeah. So the idea is, you know, what you build a page, just like I, you know, you build a web page. You do your keyword research. Uh, hopefully, you, you you dial in your keyword research. Your you're targeting the pages and you build it and traffic comes. Google starts sending some traffic to your website. Um, so a lot of people think, well, hey, I optimize the page. I'll just continue to build links to it or whatever. But there's a second step of optimization, which a lot of people forget, which is now that you have traffic and you have data for that traffic, you have to do a second round of optimization. And that's where you go into Google Search Console. You see the words that people are actually using to find your page. And maybe that's maybe it aligns perfectly with, with your initial keyword research, but often it doesn't. And you so you take those words and those phrases and you re-optimize your page using the data that people are actually using. Uh, and you put those you put those keywords in your title tags and your in your headers and your call to actions. My biggest my biggest hack, if you have a call to action button on your site and you use the actual words that people are using to, to find that page, they will, you can increase your CTA, your conversion rate, you know, 10, 20% every time. Uh, but that two-step optimization process is vital and that data changes all the time in Google Search Console. So this is an ongoing process that you should be redoing, you know, every few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people just don't. I see. So it's always good to kind of do like a little spring cleaning with your Google Search Console and updating yep. that. But yeah, the call to action button and making sure that you're actually using a search query, that's super, super important. Glad that you yep. pointed that out. Awesome. And is there any sort of um, tools, like paid tools that you use when, oh, man. when you're yeah, doing technical cool. SEO audits? All right. So, so I got it. To be to be honest, I'm in a little bit of a privileged position because people send me, uh, give me free access to tools <laughs> all the time. Okay. Uh, so I generally don't have to pay pay for tools. Uh, but you know, I I use Moz. Uh, the Moz Link Explorer, which they released last month, um, is awesome. Um, a, you know, it's as competitive as anything out there. Uh, Arefs also has an awesome tool. I do not have a free account with Aref, so I don't use them. <laughs> as much. Uh, but but uh, Tim Sulo over there, and uh, he's doing a great job marketing. So, But I also use SEMrush uh, or SEMrush, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, they have some SEMrush has some awesome data uh, to track your positions over time. I love their charts. Um, uh, Systrix. Systrix is not... Systrix. Uh, what is that, it's not... Yeah, it's not in everybody's toolbox, but I find it great for competitive analysis. Uh, really enjoy doing that. Uh, for in preparation, when you you contact, I, I have to admit, um, when you contacted me maybe about a month ago to do this interview, mm-hmm. I was not an active uh, keywords everywhere user, and uh, 
as soon as you contacted me, I installed it in my browser, and I've been using it ever since. It's, nice. a, it's a great, it's a great add-on. Thank you. Uh, so that's that's a plug for keywords everywhere. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to keep that turned on and in my browser, and I love it. So oh, thanks for that, Cyrus. We, uh, yeah, we did not force him to say that, by the way. <laughs> not. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, I actually want to ask you more about um, your day-to-day currently with Zippy. I feel like we didn't actually touch on that uh, before. Like how is so, it like how do you start your day? What do you kind of look into? Do you just pull up Google Analytics? Like talk to clients? What is what is the deal? So right now, right now we are in content building mode. Uh, we we've been having we've been planning for a long time, and right now we're uh, we're very soon publishing our very first big piece of content. Um, it's called. Uh, SEO success factors. Um, and there have been ranking factor studies for years. Uh, I worked on three ranking factor studies at Moz, 2011, 2013, 2015. And uh, it, for listeners who maybe aren't familiar with that, ranking factors are when you, when you study... Uh, when you study something and see if it's an influence in Google's algorithm, such as keywords and title tags, how influential is that? Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of debate in the SEO community about how valuable these ranking factor studies are because people focus on the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of, as much as I love ranking factor studies, I kind of agree with that. People, they're great, they're fun, but we don't really know how to use them mm-hmm. uh, to actually improve our rankings. So what so do you think I are w- some of the bad things that uh, people are looking for in ranking factors and should actually like look over them? Okay, so one uh, one obvious obvious example every time you run a ranking factor study uh there's usually a huge correlation between something like facebook likes and rankings uh it's one it's always one of the highest correlations so people think oh i need to go out and get as many facebook likes as i can uh for my content and i'm going to rank higher and there's two problems with that one google doesn't care about raw social media accounts at all um and two you you might be getting some Facebook likes, but you're not necessarily promoting your content to the right audience. You're just going out and, and buying likes or you know promoting it to the wrong people. And three, you're ignoring what you should be doing, which is working on your on-site SEO. And that way, ranking factor studies can kind of be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead, to solve that, I we created uh, SEO success factors, and this is not original. Danny Sullivan has something like uh, called SEO su- success factors on Search Engine Land, but we wanted to go f- far beyond what what Search Engine Land did. Mm-hmm. And this is this is almost a mini book. Uh, it's about twelve thousand words. The average oh, wow. book is like eighty thousand words, and it's it's a guide on the facts that. It's kind of a mini course in SEO, the factors that you actually need to work on uh, to improve your search visibility. Um, and it's all based on science and studies and correlation surveys and what works and doesn't work. Um, but it's the biggest thing I've ever written or worked on. Uh, we're releasing it uh, in a few days, so I'm pretty excited about it. Oh, wow. That is super cool. Yeah. Really, really and it's called, it's called It's called 100 Plus Google SEO Success Factors Ranked. If you Google it, uh, if your listeners go Google it, they can find it right now. Nice. And these are all solutions that have been like trialed and te- tried and tested. Absolutely. Kind of you were acting so, as like the myth busters for. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we've used we've used over 
Oh man, so many sources. Uh, a combined ana- it's a combined met- meta-analysis of ranking factor studies, experiment experimentation data, expert opinion surveys, patent findings, and official statements from Google. So we took all that, combined it together, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I kind of acted as judge for some of the more controversial things. But everything is backed up with evidence, and uh, and it's it's ranked. So you know what to work on first, second, mm-hmm. third, and you know one hundredth. So. That would be super useful. Awesome. Um, And also, I wanted to ask, um, how do you actually, if you could give advice to our listeners on how they could go above the noise, stand out from the crowd when you're publishing content? Because you're very into your content. And like you said, like you need to be passionate about your content in order for it to come across. And and you're lucky because you you really are, you know, immersed in this subject uh, within SEO and and you can kind of, your readers feel the sincerity when you're delivering content, but how do, do other people kind of, not to say match it, but attempt to? Yeah. So there, there are so, so many aspects to publishing, successfully publishing content. And a lot of people start and stop with keyword research and they create a piece of content based on their keyword research. That's the first step. Then they, t- then they do some outreach and they try to get people linked to it and they just fail because they forgot about the emotional process mm-hmm. of the content. And we don't link to something because it matches keywords. We link to something because it matches our intent and it emotionally resonates, whether it, it overwhelms us or it inspires us or it looks authoritative. Uh, one, of the, one of the ranking factors that we don't often talk about uh, that Google talks about a lot uh, is expertise, authoritiveness, and trustworthiness. EAT for short. If you read Google search quality rater guidelines, they mention EAT like you know hundreds of times. Um, and that's not something you, you get with links and, and keywords and content. That's, not, that's a perception. So when people land on your site, you want to appear that you have expertise and authoritiveness and trustworthiness. And that's really hard to convey. You have to do that through your design and your layout um, and your the helpfulness of your content and you know not having a bunch of ads and all that stuff. So all that emotional stuff surrounding your content, that's what people usually miss out on. But if you can nail that, you can get it every time. Mm-hmm. I see. Super useful. Sorry, now we have to jump into our third section of the interview, which is the rapid fire round. Should we do another rapid drum, fire. drum roll? Oh gosh, that was <laughs> so offbeat. Okay, so in this round, I'm actually going to ask you um, five questions and get your instant take on them. Ready okay. for it? All yeah. set? Awesome. Okay, yeah. question number one. When you think of the word successful, who is the first person that comes to mind and why? In SEO and online marketing. Uh, Tom Bilyeu. <laughs> Why? Tom Bilyeu is not a name that you know. He was he is no. a guy. He is a guy that I graduated uh, college with. Uh, Tom was a fun guy. He was laid back, uh, but like me, he went to film school and he uh, he struggled finding work. And last I heard, he was you know doing a bunch of low end jobs. Uh, struggling, struggling with his career. I just hooked up with Tom in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I didn't hear about him for 20 years. It turned out Tom went on to uh, uh, found a nutrition company in California uh, that does over a billion dollars in business. So this guy I knew in college that I never expected to be successful, uh, you know, is part owner of a billion dollar business right now. And he has a company called Impact Theory uh, that does... uh, uh, 
self-growth. And uh, if you if you look up impact theory online, mm-hmm. Google it, subscribe, I guarantee you, uh, you will be slightly more successful in the next year. Nice. Okay. On to, yeah. Se- def- my def- second def- answer def- was Brand Fisk. <laughs> <laughs> A close second, I hope. Yes. <laughs> All good. Okay, question number two. If you can follow only one blog for SEO and online or online marketing updates, what would it be? All right. If I, I'm going to totally ruin this answer because I, I'm going to say three things, even though you only asked me one. <laughs> Go for uh, it. I, I'm, a, I'm a total Moz fanboy, and I still think Moz has the best uh, blog out there for general SEO. Uh, it's still a pillar of content, but I think AREFs is doing some amazing stuff uh, as well. Tim Sulu and the team, but uh, Rand Fishkin, who who was my second answer to successful, uh, just launched uh, his new company recently, and Spark Toro Trending is an amazing source of uh, news and information for SEO. If you can only follow one source, I would go to Spark Toro Trending. Uh, Input your Twitter account. You don't have to input your Twitter account. You can just look if you want, and you'll find some of the best content out there. See, yeah, it looks really cool. All right, yeah. question number three: What does online marketing mean to you? Oh man, uh, <laughs> online marketing, man, that's such a big term because it means everything now, right? It means even even our Facebook. And Twitter profiles are online marketing. It mm-hmm. means it means showing up and being seen and putting yourself out there and creating a brand and amp- having a message and amplifying it. So, yeah, those are the two the two qualities. You, first, you have to have a message, making sure it's the message that either represents you or is something that people are looking for, and finding an appropriate way to amplify it that people are inspired by and want to share. That's nice. that's a simple answer, but that's what I got. I think I have a new hashtag for you: being authentic and appropriate, uh, like and appropriate, appropriately um, giving out your content. That's like, yeah, yeah, sounds good. Totally your tagline. Um, the last question is: What advice do you give your twenty-five-year-old self if you were just getting started in online marketing in twenty eighteen? Oh man, that's 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 a great question. I love that. Twenty-five-year-old uh, self, if I'm just getting started. And online migrate. First of all, the biggest fear people have is waiting to produce content, waiting to produce something because they don't feel they have anything to share. Mm-hmm. Trust me, no matter who you are, no matter what your skill level is, if you have some knowledge, somebody else can benefit from it. Mm-hmm. So just creating content and sharing your knowledge, even when you think you don't have anything to share, that's hugely valuable. Um, Second is would be simply figuring out what people are looking for and trying to align with what you have to share with what people are looking for. Uh, that's what I would. That's what I would start with. And and third, if I was talking to my own twenty five year old self, I'd say stay away from screenwriting. You're not really that good at. <laughs> Jump straight into SEO as soon as you can. Yeah, yeah. All right, go buy Google stock <laughs> right now. Yes, that is your retirement plan sorted. Yes. <laughs> Yes, oh learn Bitcoin mining. <laughs> nice. Um, all right, you made it. You successfully made it to our rapid fire round. Congratulations! Yay! <laughs> nice. Um, I have a actually a question about um, 
a video actually that you were in about the SEO best practices techniques. And how do you actually do A/B testing for SEO, by the way? Well, that's that's a really good question. Uh, so there's a couple different ways. Uh, if you are a enterprise, you know, company with uh, lots of sales, yeah, one of the best in the business is the distilled uh, ODN platform. They can. The experts there can split test your website in many different ways. Uh, but for most of us, uh, split testing is really, really hard because it's, it's hard to have the academic rigor uh, to do it. And there's different software solutions out there. But what I do, I first of all, I record everything. I record all my code. I take screenshots of my websites every day. Um, through a through a service called Stillo, so that if anything ever changes on my site, I know exactly what it is, and I can go back and correct it. And sometimes that's all you that's all you can do because you only have one page, and you can't exactly split test one page. So you just have to try something new, and if it doesn't work out, go back and fix it. Uh, fix it the fix it later. So SEO is a lot of just trying things and throwing them against the wall and see what works. Documenting as well. Yes, and that's. My my sci- more scientific friends are going to say no, that's not how you do it. But yeah, sometimes that is how you do it. It's really messy, and it's not it's not always a very scientific process. But uh, the scientific process breaks down the smaller your data set is, and sometimes you're trying one page at a time. So you just got to just got to go for it. I see. Awesome. All right. Uh, so actually, we're I have one more question for you. Is there something okay. you'd like to share with our audience? No, that's that's a good question. We already talked about uh, uh, SEO success factors, uh, so that's probably the thing I'd, I'd most want to share. So, Google SEO success factors if you haven't looked at it already. Uh, if you think it's worthy, you know, give it a retweet or a share or a link. Write an entire article criticizing SEO success factors. Uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Start a conversation about it, guys. Yeah, as long as you give me the link, that'd be great. Nice. Um, and also, what is the best way for someone to get in touch with you? Uh, generally, uh, send me a uh, – just at me at, uh, on Twitter is uh, the best way. I do have a contact form on my website uh, that will fill my email box. But I'm usually on Twitter, and the, that's usually the best place to have a quick conversation. Awesome. Um, and your ha- what's your Twitter handle? Uh, just like my name, Cyrus Shepard, C-Y-R-U-S-S-A-G-P-R-D. Awesome. Cyrus, it was so awesome. Okay, I keep saying awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Awesome. you on our show. It's so sad Thank that you, it Vanessa. has come to an end. I feel like we need to do like take two soon and like Cyrus Shepherd 2.0 with keywords everywhere. All right. Cool. I like But yeah, thank you so much for sharing uh, your insights on SEO and like, yeah, just giving us like a view into the life behind the man. So thank you. Hey, thank you, Vanessa. Great, great questions. Awesome.